Welcome to Let It Grow Investing, the financial investing and small business podcast that is not run by a professional investor. I am Jeff, and thank you for stopping by. We're going to cover all the news you need to know to make sense of the market, helping you get invested, stay the course, and on your way to financial freedom. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to Let It Grow here, and thanks, as always, for joining in. And uh, yeah, we've got some market news going on out there today. Uh, I am recording on Thursday around 2 p.m. I will actually be out of town this weekend for a wedding down in the Keys. So I am going to go ahead and pre-record so I can travel without uh, recording while I'm down there. But um, yeah, so this one will be coming out Monday morning, and uh, ultimately we are going to be looking at uh, really what the market is doing now, and uh, we're going to be talking about the five stocks that we are looking at for the investing challenge for week three. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and buy one for week two. I will announce that uh, later in the second half of the episode, right when we go into the stocks that we can vote on on Let It Grow Investing for week three. And uh Yeah, we've got some news out there. The market is not looking too hot today. We uh, gained a little bit yesterday and pretty much gave it all back so far today. Uh, So, yeah, we've got uh, a lot of different things that are really um, scaring people. We've got a lot more job cuts. You know, Amazon just came out and they are now cutting 18,000 jobs where previously they were cutting about 10,000 jobs. So we're seeing more uh, cuts there. I told you the last time about uh, Salesforce cutting about 10% of their workforce and uh, it just seems overall that everyone really overhired. They were looking for people uh, to get them back in the office after the pandemic, and really it just was too much. Uh, so ultimately, a lot of those jobs are being cut. Uh, we've also got uh, Bed Bath & Beyond. They are looking to um, really try to avoid bankruptcy, but it, it doesn't look too uh, promising for them. Their uh, CEO came out and basically made a statement that Things were looking pretty grim, and they are down 24% today on that news. They're sitting at $1.82. I wouldn't even try to touch this one for any sort of balance, any direction, personally. Uh, If you want to short it, I mean, I guess you could maybe make some plays there, but that's not my lane, so that's uh, that's up to you. You guys can do your own research on that one. Uh, We've also got uh, Sam Bankman-Fried news. Oh, gosh. He has pled not guilty, and I probably could have told you this on the last episode. I think I forgot it. But uh, ultimately, um, you know, he's claiming that he's not guilty of the uh, conspiracy of wire fraud and uh, money laundering and I think six other charges that he is being charged with. Now, uh, a couple of people are saying it's a smart response. Um pretty much to keep his options open and don't give the uh, the government any edge over uh, what happens. So if he can technically wait it out and make a deal later, that looks like the option that he's trying to go with under legal counsel, I'm sure. But uh, overall, I, I really hope that the book gets thrown at him for all the wrongdoings and the the money that he's taken from his customers. It's uh, It's a pretty nasty situation on that front. Uh, but uh, last I looked at crypto, and I, I looked a little bit earlier, uh, things were looking like we we're still holding pretty strong since that news. Um, so where are we right now? And I'm pulling up the wrong app. Uh, I got to go over to the crypto.com app. Uh, that's where I do the majority of my crypto investing. 
And where are we? Bitcoin is still sitting right around 17,000. Ethereum's at uh, 1,266 as I'm uh, recording this one. And uh, yeah, those are the main two that I'm going to be following. Those are really the two that I'm looking to build out a further position in. Or when all of this madness clears, uh, we've, similar to Elon Musk uh, with uh, Tesla, we've got Sam Bankman-Fried causing all the problems in the, uh, the crypto space. And ultimately, I do think that uh, crypto will keep on continuing. I don't think that it is completely dead. I know there's a lot of skeptics out there, but there are some use cases. And I do think that is going to continue to evolve. Uh, similar to the metaverse, you know, we're still waiting on results to really see uh, what happens with the metaverse. So, you know, uh, Jim Cramer actually came out and gave 10 best stocks. And this is kind of a side tangent, but uh, meta was one of them. He had a little bit of a wishy-washy kind of reason as to why. But he said, if the metaverse wins, uh, obviously meta is going to be a front runner in that space and it should take off uh, you know, to the moon pretty much. Uh, and if it doesn't work, we should know that within the next couple of years. And that would allow them to cut some of that spending and put it back into the core business. So he's thinking that uh, actually it's a shorter timeline to see if the metaverse really works. And ultimately, to see if uh, all that spending that they are putting into the metaverse can be uh, monetized there, or if ultimately that money will come back and go into Reels or WhatsApp or Instagram and really focus on that core business. So uh, I don't know that I'm quite on board yet, but uh, this stock has a pretty decent turnaround from uh, some of that bad news they had earlier last year. And just for reference, where are we today? Uh, we're sitting at 127, and I think we got down to a low of 88. So pretty nice bounce from that low. Ultimately, we were sitting at 339 last uh, January. So uh, quite the haircut from the highs, but we are coming off of the lows, uh, what, 50-ish percent. So that's definitely good to see. Uh, still, the PE is remarkably cheap here at a 12 times PE. But uh, it does come with its risks. They are uh, making money. They've got about $10.48 per share on that EPS. So one that, uh, you know, you would really have to weigh your options and see if the risk uh, is worth the potential reward on this one. Uh, like I <clears throat> excuse me, like I said, I'm not really rushing back into this one. But uh, and, and a lot of people are shorting whatever Kramer says. So take that with a grain of salt as well. But uh, yeah, where we got uh, Intel news, they just unveiled their 13th generation Intel core processors uh, in a time where a lot of chip stocks are really hurting. Uh, Intel is one of the ones that is uh, kind of the old guard of the chip space. And uh, I think they're paying a pretty solid dividend right now. Yeah, about five and a quarter percent dividend from Intel, eight and a half times earnings. Uh, no, sorry, eight and a half times P.E., and we've also got, uh, you know, a kind of a, a growth driver. They're trying to get this business back up and running, trying to really outperform AMD. Uh, at the same time, AMD is trying to go after NVIDIA. Uh, AMD just came out with uh, some new AI chips that are supposed to really compete with NVIDIA's chips. So uh, kind of everyone's kind of vying for position in that chip space as we speak. Um, but yeah, there's uh, definitely some good value in a lot of these names. And uh, we've actually got uh, one of them in the investing challenge this week and one of them that I already 
uh, pencil marked in for next week. So I will get into which one I picked this week and why uh, in the second half of the show. Uh, Putin, he actually ordered a 36-hour ceasefire in uh, the Ukraine by Russian troops to celebrate Orthodox Christmas. Now, that's kind of a rare occurrence where he's going to issue a ceasefire. So I'm not too sure what the reasoning is other than this Christmas story that he's telling everyone. But it seems kind of strange. We, we stop for Christmas and then we continue bombing you in 36 hours. That doesn't really make too much sense for me. But that's what's going on over there. And uh, we've also got a uh, former Fed chairman, Alan Greenspan, was saying that the U.S. recession is mo the most likely outcome of the pretty much the economic state that we're in right now. So a lot of people are really trying to prepare for that potential outcome. We've still seen uh, tech stocks still sell off today, as I said. And we're really trying to see where we go from here. So a lot of people are looking for those safety stocks. We've still got a uh, sell-off in the NASDAQ. We're down about uh, one and a quarter percent on QQQ. And the, the market's definitely taking it on the chin today. And Microsoft is going to be launching a new version of their Bing search engine that is going to be powered by AI. And uh, it's the same AI that is uh, on ChatGPT which is uh, basically uh, an AI chatbot that can spit out long answers to really uh, any question. And it's pretty realistic. It's actually very human-like. Uh, so we'll see if that actually does anything or if the Bing search engine is going to fail again uh, in really the race for um, you know that search engine leader against uh, Google, who's had the top spot for as long as I can remember at this point. But uh, one thing that I wanted to bring up today is the companies that have been having large amount of cash on hand have tend to do well when things sell off. Uh, now, there are a lot of tech companies that have tons of cash and ultimately they have still sold off. But against other tech companies that don't have as much cash, they are uh, doing much better uh, on that relative basis. So I saw a quote and uh, I don't I forget who it was from. I know it was in an article from one of these companies that I was looking at, but uh, it said revenue is vanity, profit is sanity and cash is king. So uh, in that I was looking at one company called bill.com where basically vendors and subcontractors can get paid. I, I do have uh, some payments that come to me through my business for bill.com. Uh, as a sub for another company doing some work for them. So they've created a uh, basically a payment processing company where I can send my invoices right to bill.com. The company that is going to pay me will receive the invoices there and then can set up payment directly through bill.com. Uh, they'll tell you when you're getting paid, how much you're getting paid, and uh, they will actually offer you a 1%, 1 or 2% uh, discount to I could possibly get paid slightly less, but I get my money right away. And then bill.com would just collect from the actual vendor. So they've got a lot of different ways that they're making money. They are projected to make more revenue. Um, I think the number for 2023 was 53% up and 24 was north of 
which is great. But uh, again, uh, you know, the revenue is vanity that is going up. But are they keeping it? And that answer was no. Their margins were actually negative. Uh, so their profit is not really there yet. Now, they are a growth company, but that price to sales scares me. It was like a 15 times multiple, which is remarkably high. We don't want to really get into any of these type of high growth companies uh, right now. That's not, not really where I want to be, uh, especially with you know Greenspan and the saying that uh, the recession is the most likely outcome. The Fed wants to hold these rates for the remainder of 23. They don't want to look to drop them at this point. And things are just kind of bleak in that outlook. So I don't really want to get into these overpriced price to sales companies. Uh, we saw that last year. Those were the ones that got hit the hardest. Uh, anything with just a price to sales that wasn't profitable really sold off the hardest. So um, cash then being king, we're looking at uh, some different tech companies that are out there that have tons of different cash. There's some insurance companies that have tons of cash. But uh, two that really were on one another article that I read from Warren Buffett that really met this criteria that he is going to continue to buy uh, this year. That's what it's looking like is going to be Occidental Petroleum, which is uh, the one that he started a position in last year. I believe he owns about 20 percent of that business now and Medical Properties Trust, uh, OXY and MPW, if you're following along um, now. Both of these companies have a lot of different things going for them. They've got, uh, you know, that oil business has really been chugging along really strong. Now, again, as I've said last time, some of these companies have gone up too much for me uh, in 21 for me to really be looking to chomp at these really heavy in 23. Now, they could be uh, continuing to make a good amount of money with oil up, and that could be a long-term trend at this point. It could last for a few more years. Now, my fear with a lot of the companies that have run up 50% or 80% is that they went up too high. Uh, so potentially a small buy there to see where this one goes. It's not anything that has a crazy dividend as far as I'm concerned. I believe it's under 1%. Um, yeah, 0.85% on Occidental. But uh, the one that does intrigue me is going to be MPW. Uh, I have held MPW for quite some time and uh, I didn't actually realize it had gotten this low. And uh, the, the fair price or the fair value on this one is valued in the $14 range based on the properties in the business as itself. Uh, it's currently trading at 1192. Now, this one is a REIT, so you are going to get those uh, larger dividend payments. So this one has currently about a 9.6% dividend. Now, I've said before that large dividends aren't really uh, always sustainable, but in the way of a lot of the REITs, they have to pay out a lot of their profits in the way of dividends. So this one is a little bit more insulated. They own a lot of the properties that medical campuses are on. Uh, and a lot of that value is in the land, in the buildings. And the fact that uh, the market has gone down and uh, land is, or um, real estate has gone down is going to bring the stock price down a bit. The valuation is going to shrink. Now, these payments are still going to remain high as the rents and everything that they charge, the leases are still going to be high. So 
I think that the dividend is going to be safe here. It's also trading under that fair value. And uh, currently the, the PE sitting at a 5.7, not really where we value uh, REITs, but it's, it's notable. Um, so a lot of different things here and the free cash flow is pretty solid on this company. So this one is actually one that I'm thinking that uh, could be a good time to add to this position. You're getting a solid dividend in a company that owns a lot of real estate. The real estate market is in uh, a bit more pain. The 30-year mortgage, uh, I was looking at um, some different rates for around the country. Um, basically, if your uh, credit score was around 750, it was sitting around six and uh, three quarters percent, roughly. So if you had a better credit score, obviously, it's going to be a little bit less. Uh, I think they originally popped up on Google at about a 700 credit score, and it was about 7.1, 7.2, something like that. So that is making it a little bit harder for people to have uh, access to capital or really want to pay more for the property. So property values, therefore, decline. And ultimately, uh, a company like MPW that has a lot of money wrapped up in properties is in a little bit of pain for that. Now, I don't think that... Uh, you know, in 23, I don't think that people are going to be crazy healthier and not need uh, doctors and, and surgeries and things like that. Yes, it might not be the pandemic. And uh, I think things are going to get a little bit back to normal in that way. But people are still going to get sick is my point there. And ultimately, I think that this one has a, a nice runway and a solid dividend. So uh, another thing that you might want to do with REITs is put them in a uh, tax sheltered account, whether it's an IRA or, or a retirement account where you're going to be um, not paying those dividend income taxes on these high rates. That way you're a little bit more protected. Talk to your accountant though. That would be more of a question for them. That's just kind of what I do. And uh, yeah, so I'm definitely looking at some different options in order to get um, more dividends and have a little bit more upside potential on some of these names. And I'm also looking at the companies in tech that do have a lot of cash on the balance sheet. Uh, so those are really going to be ones that I'm going to focus on for the beginning of this year. The ones that I think they have short-term problems, but they do have some, uh, some cash to get through any type of downturn. Plus, you know, when you're looking at these tech giants, they're going to be looking to deploy some of this capital, uh, buying up some great companies that can't survive you know, a potential recession or really are having a hard time getting cash and they're really in uh, kind of dire straits that they really need some help in that cash front and uh, a buyout might be the only opportunity that they have. So that, that might be something that you guys might want to look at. I'm not sure if that's really your angle, if you want to have some high dividends and some potential for uh, these tech companies to really um, rebound higher and like I said, the, the oil companies, they still intrigue me. I'm not saying that energy is going to go away, but I do think it could have a modest pullback uh, back to more of that free or fair value uh, where it where really makes sense to go ahead and purchase them. So I just want to take a quick look here on MPW. And uh, yeah, price target from 13 different analysts says about a 34% upside. You know, you put that together with that nine and a half percent dividend, and you know you're you're in the forties of uh, potential upside. Now, you know, take the analyst uh, price target into account. It's not always one hundred percent accurate. It's kind of where they think that this one should be valued, 
and uh, they do have an average price target here of 1550. So with that being said, I'm going to take a quick break. We're going to talk uh, week two on the investing challenge, uh, the stock that I'm going to pick for that. And then I want you guys to get your votes in for week three. I'm going to be putting that one out on the Let It Grow Investing page on Facebook. So stick around. I will be right back and we will get all that uh, news covered. All right. Welcome back to the podcast here. And uh, yeah, if you guys need help getting going for... Uh, the new year, and you're really looking for a new brokerage to to get started on. Uh, I do have links in the description for Weeble, uh, where we're doing the investing challenge for 2023, and uh, you can buy fractional shares over there. They are giving some offers for uh, starting an account and depositing as little as a dollar. You get uh, some free shares or free partial shares on there right now. Uh, links for Crypto.com. Finance.us and E-Trade is where I do the majority of my investing. And uh, they are giving up to $3,500 uh, based on the amount of money that you deposit over there as well. Uh, so some pretty decent offers to get you going and uh, use my link and you get uh, those offers um, that we just discussed. So with that being said, um, I didn't go ahead and do the investing challenge poll for week two. Um, now, Part of that is because I really wasn't certain what we were going to do. Uh, I did put that uh, poll out as to what you guys wanted to see. Overwhelmingly, it looks like everyone still wants to see five stocks. Um, now, I'm not going to promise that we're going to do five stocks every week. Uh, sometimes I really think there's three viable options that really make sense in that given point of time. Sometimes, uh, you know, I really like to put uh, all the chip stocks or all the automotive stocks together and really see what everyone thinks about uh, a larger group. So I think sometimes we're going to do five, sometimes we're going to do three. And, uh, you know, for week two, I'm just going to go ahead and say what we are doing. And we are going to be buying QQQ, which is going to be the uh, ETF that is going to closely mimic the NASDAQ. So that is what I'm going to be adding $200 worth of uh, this coming Tuesday. Now, or this coming Monday, sorry, this past week we bought on Tuesday because the market was closed Monday. Now for week three, we've got some choices. And uh, let me see if you guys like this idea. The first stock that we bought last year, we had five different names, DraftKings, SoFi, Enphase, NVIDIA, and PayPal. Uh, so week three right now, I'm going to say, do you guys want to see NVIDIA go up uh, on the first poll? Well, that's what's going to be there. So I guess you really don't get a choice. But anyhow, NVIDIA. So ticker is NVDA. Now, we really got pummeled on this one last year. Um, but, you know, I really do think that it is a solid company. So I wanted to throw it back up there for this year and really see um, whether or not we can really make a rebound here. And I told you that AMD is kind of coming for them in their AI chips. But uh, NVIDIA is sitting at 144 I believe we bought it right around $300 this time last year. So ultimately, is this going to be one that is going to do better this year? And uh, that's going to be the first stock uh, that we're looking to buy. So, you know, they're really focused on AI. They're focused on autonomous. They're, they're in uh, all the crypto mining stations. They're in a lot of different areas that uh, are kind of the way of the future. And they have had a, a cult-like following. So I'm going to pull up Reuters here. And it is still a buy rating on this one. The five-year return is about 170%. So uh, definitely nice if you've been in this one for a long, long time. 
Uh, if you bought it last year, it's uh, pretty painful though. Uh, now, right now, we have an average upside of about 37% from uh, 40 different analysts on this one. And uh, we have modest, very small annual revenue increases for 23. And that is going to be a lot of the trend here coming off of those higher numbers from early 21. Uh, so what do we got? We've got uh, net margins, 20%. So a lot of that money does actually come through the bottom line. And uh, the dividend payout is not really noteworthy at 0.1%. Um, Nothing to really write home about there. But uh, when we get down to some of those key indicators, the price to sales is a 19% discount versus the five-year average. And it is a 12. That is remarkably high, but uh, they are profitable. So I'm going to give them a pass on that one. The, uh, the trailing PE is a 4% premium. Uh, versus their five-year average. And the forward PE is a 7% discount versus their five-year average. So that is going to be stock one of the week, NVIDIA, ticker is NVDA. Now for number two, this one was actually in week one last year also, but uh, this one actually has a good story. And uh, I can't really say that about NVIDIA. So last year, this time we were sitting right around uh, low one teens, one thirteen. I'm seeing from January 24th of 22, and now we're sitting at 243. So we about doubled in that year time frame. Now, with that being said, we did hit a high of 339 on December 5th, and that company is Enphase. So this one, I was telling you, I was selling and trimming at 325. Um, really because I thought it got too far ahead of itself. This one has sold off with a lot of the other EV stocks, uh, Tesla coming down and uh, some of the different lithium mining companies coming down. Uh, Enphase has sold off, uh, you know, $70 in about a month. So I've told you guys that I was really looking to buy this one when it got cheaper. Well, you know, short month later, and we're down in that area where I think we could be entering that buy territory could it continue to go? Yes. I mean, it really hasn't stopped along the way, but uh, I think maybe within a week we should see where this one's going to go. And if it is still dropping in a week, I really don't mind adding to this position here. And uh, it is a profitable growth company that does uh, solar panels with micro inverters. And they're kind of the Cadillac of the solar panel industry and one of the best technologies out there. So it is priced accordingly. The PE is at 116 currently. The EPS is only $2 per share, but uh, it is a profitable growth stock that uh, I think could trade uh, treat us well going forward. Now, we do have a five-year return of this one of 9,700%. So this is not one that uh, is, is unfamiliar with high growth and big returns. So I'm thinking that we could still see some modest gains going forward as uh, the government really unveils more uh, funding for solar panels, things like that. And uh, I guess some of the analysts on here agree with us. Currently, 32 analysts say there is about 27% of upside for an average price target of 322. Reminder, we're at 243 at the moment. We've got uh, revenue gains of projected at 130% for 2023. So those are looking strong. And the stock has sold off with uh, a lot of the other macro news that's going on out there. 
when we are looking at uh, revenue growth, they grew 63% uh, in the September quarter. We've got uh, net margins of 14%. Um, where else are we? We've got uh, price to sales is a bit higher than where it normally trades right now at uh, 17 times, 11 times on that five-year average. So it is coming uh, a bit high there. Trailing PE is a 41% premium right now. But uh, going forward, we have a 4% discount on the forward PE. So could be getting a discount versus that five-year average on the forward. But yes, price to sales is trading high. I just thought it was kind of noteworthy to add that while we could have uh, added Enphase last year and been up 100%, we picked NVIDIA and we were down 50%. So uh, just the difference of one stock makes in that portfolio choice there. Uh, so now we're going to do the same thing again. NVIDIA, Enphase 1, 2. Uh, number three, Google. G-O-O-G or G-O-O-G-L. I normally buy G-O-O-G-L but that is a class A stock of Google. Now we do have, uh, why is this not coming up here? Currently we're trading at $86. I'm gonna have to pull up the PE somewhere else here. Uh, it's not looking like it wants to pop up on uh, E-Trade right now. So I'm gonna go ahead and take a look on uh, right on Google. And oddly enough, I'm searching for Google on Google. But uh, where are we right now? And uh, I can't find it on there either. What are we doing here? Anyhow, let's go forward. I'll try to pull this one up. And I believe it was trading around a 17 times PE, but I'll have to take a look at that also. Uh, yeah, Reuters has it at a 17 times PE, which is remarkably lower than where it normally trades. We are in buy territory from 44 analysts, projections of 41% of upside here. And one that I think we can buy for the long term. If it doesn't turn around this year, Ultimately, I think it turns around in three to five years. So uh, revenues for this year looking to go up 19%. We are trading at a 34% discount on that price to sales. It is actually at a 1.9, which is a 12% discount to the S&P as a whole, which is normally valued at 2.1. Uh, trailing PE, 45% discount versus their five-year average. Forward PE, 30% discount against their five-year average. Uh, what's that peg ratio right now? We'll take a look at that one. Uh, even price to sales at uh, a 1.9. Uh, forward peg is at a two. The S&P 500 index average is a 1.9. So pretty fairly valued on that forward peg. Uh, I do like to see one or less on a lot of traditionally uh, blue chip type stocks that are going to pay a dividend. You're going to pay up for the growth on Google though. And uh, yeah, 41% of upside, 17 times PE. That peg is a little bit high. That could come down. I think their growth rates are slowing a little bit, which are probably throwing that off. Uh, so we do have to worry about the growth rates and where quarter one numbers come in ultimately. But uh, I do think long term, Google is a winner. Uh, and so I would not have any single problem buying or adding to my Google position here. Uh, number four, we already covered this one. And uh, it's a Warren Buffett stock. And that one is MPW. I talked about this one in the first part. So I really don't need to cover it too much, but they are a REIT. They are going to be paying a 9.5% dividend. And uh, one that I think could do really well going forward from here. So uh, also, like I said, better in a uh, tax sheltered account. So if you're looking to buy this one, 
talk to your accountant, but uh, it would potentially make more sense to to hold it in a IRA or a 401k. But um, yeah, now the last one, this is one that uh, I thought would get us out of some of that tech, but ultimately still give us some benefit of buying a company that has a lot of cash on hand. Now that company is United Health. They've got about $67 billion of cash on hand and uh, makes up about uh, 2.5% of the cash held by the S&P 500. So they definitely do have a lot of cash on hand. They are paying a 1.2% dividend roughly. I'm going to have to take a look at the updated numbers on that. But uh, one that I think is going to be a great long-term grower for your portfolio. Maybe not going to you know strike it rich overnight, but definitely one that ultimately should uh, keep on climbing higher. Trading at a PE of about 24 times, 1.3% dividend. And I uh, want to flip over to Reuters here. What do we have? We've got... Uh, Buy ratings from 23 analysts, about 15% of upside. And we are seeing these revenue numbers climb for 23, uh, which is actually about 24% of forecasted growth this year. So uh, lower margin business on that insurance side, about 6.2%. And uh, one that, um, yeah, the, the dividend growth, that's actually pretty remarkable, 14.8% uh, in the quarter that ended in September. Uh, so their dividend payout ratio is a 31%, which we really don't want to see companies that have much higher than 60, maybe 70% unless they are in that REIT or they are a cash cow type company that is a very mature company. Uh, you might not want to see those dividend payout ratios that high. So this one does work on the dividend growth for me. I love 14% growers every year. That means you're getting uh, a raise on the amount of dividend that you pay just for holding this stock. And the fact that they're only paying out uh, 31% means they can continue to give these dividend uh, raises going forward. Uh, so it is trading at a price to sales of 1.6, which is a 26% discount to the S&P 500. Uh, trading at a 13% premium on their trailing PE and a 10% premium on their forward PE. Now, uh, I think a lot of that is because they are one of those more mature companies and everyone's rolled out of tech. They have rolled into more of the healthcare companies. So it's a little bit harder to find deep value in some of these consumer staple type companies right now. But um, it's definitely one that has been in my portfolio for a long time and it has traded down and uh, off of a high of 558. We're currently sitting at 493. So I do think that this one uh, is right in the middle of the road where it's been over the past year. Uh, the low was set last February at 445. So we have come up in a year about $40. Yes, it did go up to 558 on uh, Halloween. But I do think that this one has a long road ahead of it. And uh, one that I would not be minding to add to our portfolio here for uh, the investing challenge for 2023. So quick recap, NVIDIA, Enphase, Google. Uh, Medical Properties Trust, MPW, and United Health. The ticker is UNH. So I will be putting this one on the Let It Grow Investing page on Facebook. Please make sure to get over there and get your votes in. I really want to see more votes than we had in a lot of the different uh, polls last year. And ultimately, if you can go ahead and invite someone else over to do the same, take part in the uh, conversation, share any news that you see over there. 
Uh, I want to build a community of like-minded investors that's really after the same thing. Long-term gains, uh, not, you know, make it rich overnight. That's not really my style. Uh, kind of that slow growth type uh, mentality and keep making those right choices to ultimately get to that path of financial freedom. Potentially, you know, look to retire early. All those fun things that uh, I'm really looking for in uh, a safe value, growth-oriented, well-balanced portfolio. So uh, if you can go ahead and do that, I would greatly appreciate it. But thank you guys, as always, for stopping by. I am going to get out of here and get down to uh, Key West, and I will see you guys next week. So thanks for listening, and I will talk to you then. Thank you for stopping by here on Let It Grow Investing. Please make sure to like, subscribe, and share to build a community of like-minded investors. If you do have questions for me or for the group, you can find us over there on Let It Grow Investing Podcast on Facebook. This is not professional financial advice. I am not a professional financial advisor. Please make sure to do all your own research before investing in any security. I do have links in the description to help get you started on E-Trade, Webull, Crypto.com, and Binance. And a friendly reminder that a goal without a plan is just a dream. So go ahead and build your plan, uh, design your portfolio, and stick to it. Thanks for stopping by. I will catch you guys in the next one.